Hello, I'm Emile Bellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. My guest today is Carla Hope. She became fascinated by how important tax is, but frustrated by how little we were taught about its impact on our everyday lives. She spent the past 15 years as a corporate lawyer and then a tax advisor for two of the largest accounting practices, the big four, PwC and EY, working advising large companies on their tax positions. Carla is now the founder of Wellsprite, a workplace financial well-being provider, and the voice behind Rethink Tax on Instagram. In this episode, we talk about why tax has such a bad reputation and why we can sometimes be worried about taxes or making mistakes. Carla also talks about the tax changes for next year, the national insurance contributions, the end of the year tax allowances, and finally, she gives me super practical tips for people who want to understand their taxes better. The UK gender pension gap is 38% on average, rising to almost 60% in some regions. There are barriers at almost every stage of a woman's life, limiting her ability to save for retirement. Today's sponsor is Pension B. Pension B is a leading online pension provider that has enabled thousands of savers to be pension confident by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. You can download the app or head to pensionb.com for more information or speak to their team of beekeepers. Just remember that capital is at risk. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. I really wanted to have you on the show to talk, of course, about tax and, and personal finances. But before we start, I mean, taxes have such a bad reputation. I think people can be super scared when we even mention the word taxes, um, you know, like the fear of completing maybe their tax return. Why is that? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a really interesting one as well, because I think there's something so deeply psychological about our reaction to the word tax. Um, and actually, it's it's funny, there's been quite a lot of research done on this. And when we ask people, are you happy to pay tax to fund things like the NHS? Then time and time again, the research shows people always answer yes. But when you dig a little bit deeper, the reality is we always want someone else to do the paying of the taxes, <laughs> not us. <laughs> so I think um, there is something about the word tax being sort of seen as a negative, being seen as a burden, something that is taking away from us. And um, for me, that's really kind of quite a sad thing because actually uh, there's a disconnect in our minds between how much tax we pay and what we get back. And actually, one of the things I'm really keen to do is raise awareness of what tax actually goes to fund in terms of our everyday experience, be that education, national health care, um, you know, a whole variety of services that we maybe just don't even realise actually some of our taxes are going towards paying for that. Um, but I think you're right. Um, unfortunately, taxes do have a bad reputation. And particularly right now, there is a there's a real pressure being felt by a lot of people um, who unfortunately just as a matter of fact will be paying more tax as of April. I think I heard April being referred to as awful April 
um, there's a series of tax rises coming, including things like council tax going up, student loan repayments changing, and the big one that many people will have heard about, which is the national insurance contribution rise that's coming in. So I, I, I'd love to talk about the you know national insurance um, rise. Can you tell me why people are so worried about maybe making mistakes with their taxes? I think that's maybe, you know, why they sort of procrastinate. I mean, it's, it's, it can be complicated, like, you know, doing your self-assessment tax return. Each time I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I don't <laughs> want to do it. I don't want to do it. So what's the mindset? How should we approach that? Yeah, so it's a good question. I think so first thing to say is it's it's not unusual to feel like it's a complicated exercise. I, I would say that, you know, most people who find themselves in a position of having to file a self-assessment return for the first time have probably never had to consider their tax position before. If you're an employee in the United Kingdom, of course, your employer handles all of your tax for you. So if you suddenly find yourself either going freelance or you're doing a side hustle that causes you to have to file a self-assessment return, then you're having to face an entirely different system that you've probably never had any education around. So the first thing I would say is it's, um, it's, it's very normal to feel like this is new and a little bit overwhelming. Um, but I think, you know, the things that people can do to try and help them, um, first thing I would say is go to the government website. There's actually a vast amount of very helpful information on the government website about how to complete your self-assessment return. It does require a little bit of expert Googling, uh, but if you find the information, you can follow it along and it will very much tell you how to complete the return and, and what to put in each of the boxes. So that's a great place to start. Um, the other thing I would recommend is talking to people because actually there's a lot of other people who have faced the same situation. And if you are, for example, a business owner, or you've struck out on your own and you're starting something, creating something yourself, reach out to other people who may be in your social social network or your professional network, because I guarantee you they will have faced the same issues that you're facing now. And they'll probably be a really great resource for help. That's super useful. And, and also for me, I mean, yeah, definitely talking to other entrepreneurs and freelancers and also calling HMRC. I mean, they're amazing actually on the phone and they can, they really take the time to answer your question. So it's a little bit like, you know, we, we are afraid of t talking to our bank and talking to, of course, the tax man, but you, you, you can do it and they're, they're going to be really helpful. Um, yeah. So many of you have expressed concerned about squeezed living costs due to the rampant inflation. Inflation um, is going up by 6.2% in the last 12 months to February, rising from 5.5% in January. And how things could get out of control. So this higher inflation will erode real incomes and consumptions. And that's also cutting the GDP forecast uh, for this year from 6% in October to 3.8%. Um, national insurance contributions will also rise from April 2022 to fund the Health and Social Care Levy. And the Chancellor announced last week in his budget that the national insurance threshold will also rise. Carla, can you please explain the impact on how much taxes we will pay next year? So in September 2021, the Chancellor announced a new Health and Social Care Levy. This is effectively a new tax that's been brought in in order to fund the national health care and social care in the United Kingdom. Although it's not called a tax, 
it operates just like a tax. And this year, as a temporary measure, national insurance contributions are rising in order to fund this new tax. In the period 2022 to 23, national insurance contribution rates will rise by 1.25 percentage points for everybody that pays them. That includes employers, employees and self-employed people. And the effect of this tax is essentially that for the vast majority of people, they will be paying more taxes than they currently are today and they're going to see less take-home pay as a result of it. So to give you an idea of just how much less, let's take a closer look at the numbers. So analysis that's been done following the budget is showing that roughly the break-even point for the increase in national insurance contributions is £34,000. That means if you earn under this amount, then you're benefiting from the fact that the Chancellor has announced an increase in the threshold at which national insurance contributions are raised. This means that everyone can earn up to £12,570 without paying any national insurance contributions. To put that into perspective, if you're on a salary of £20,000, then on average, you should be better off by £178 in the year. If your salary is £50,000, then your take-home pay is going to likely be less by approximately £197 by comparison. Now, your specific circumstances are going to come down to how much you're getting paid, but also the benefits that you might be receiving in work. So if you want to know more about how this tax is going to impact you in practice, then a couple of things to do. One is there are a lot of online calculators that have been developed following the budget and um, that's a useful resource if people want to get an indication of how much more tax they might be paying. And then the second thing I'd say is to regularly check your payslips um, from April onwards. Um, that's going to be the best way for you to be able to see in real time the impact that this tax rise is having on your take-home pay. Other tax rises, you know, um, student loans, the council tax. So I think plus, of course, like energy prices going up. So I guess it's going to be a tough year. Yeah, undoubtedly, people are really feeling the pressure in terms of how to manage their money. You know, one of the things I I actually have been saying to a lot of people lately is just to, to take stock of where you are today. So yeah. I think um, it can be quite overwhelming to think about all these different things that are going to come in, that are going to affect your That you can't control finances. in the end. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like you say, you know, a lot of things happening from an external environment that are going to impact on your ability to pay for your bills or, or just continue to have the standard of life you've, you've been used to yeah. up till now. Um, and my advice to people always is now is the time to take stock. Now is the time to understand what money do you have coming in and where are you spending your money? So just doing that personal audit is so important right now um, because only then can you really assess the extent to which you're going to be affected by some of these changes and perhaps actually put a bit of a plan in place to try and manage or mitigate the impact of it. But and as actually, you say, it's not going to be easy. 
No, it's not going to be easy, but uh, you're right. And I think, you know, spring is coming and we often talk about how to spring clean your finances. I mean, I quite, I quite like that, but it's, you know, it's, it's yeah, how to, to, to refresh and start from, you know, start from, you know, start from, from scratch and review your, your budget. But also the fiscal year um, in the UK runs from the 6th of April uh, until the 5th of April of the following year. So it ends in actually five days. What can we consider <laughs> doing before uh, before the end of the of the tax year? Yeah, so I suppose it will very much depend on what your personal financial situation is. But if you are someone who has gotten to the end of the year and you've done that audit take of your personal finances and you feel like you might have some cash left over and you're wondering what to do with it then it might be worth looking at making the most of your tax allowances that are available to you in every tax year. And I think the one that people should probably know about first is your ISA allowance. Um, An ISA is an individual savings account and it operates like a tax-free wrapper for investments. Um, There is an allowance given to each person um, who's eligible to use the ISAs of £20,000 in every tax year. Now that's obviously quite a lot of money and you don't have to put in the full amount in every tax year. But if you do have some money that you feel you can put away and invest, then that might be a good way of spending it. So the other allowance people uh, might want to know about is your pension allowance. So People often aren't aware of this allowance, but you actually have £40,000 in the tax year currently in terms of amount that you can contribute into your pension. So again, for those who may have some money that they feel they have extra, they're looking for a way to invest that or save it or make that money work harder for them for another day, then contributing to your pension might be a good thing to consider. And maybe on that point, if you are contributing to your pension, the great thing about doing that, if you're doing it through a workplace pension, is that you'll benefit from getting a contribution also made by your employer. So that's extra money put into your pension on top of anything you put in. And you're also going to get tax relief on whatever contributions you make. So I always say, if you aren't if you aren't contributing into your workplace pension, you're leaving free money on the table. Um, so if you do have some money extra and you are thinking about putting it into your pension, just be mindful you're going to get a little bit of an extra bonus as a result of those added on contributions from both your employer and the government. Now, one thing to say in the context of making decisions about how to use your net pay between an ISA and a pension is that if you do put your money into either option, you do need to be just aware of how long your money may be locked up and therefore out of reach in the event that you have something happen in your personal finance circumstances, which means you need access to that cash. Now, obviously, if you put money in your pension, then it is totally locked up and inaccessible to you until such time as you're eligible to retire and then you're able to draw down from your pension. In the context of an ISA, then it depends on the provider and the type of ISA you're doing. So it is really important that people check the terms of the ISA that they're using in order to manage their expectations about whether or not, if they had to, 
would they be able to pull money out? And um, it's important to understand, are there any penalties for doing that? And what it means in terms of like your ability to put money back in. So just want to highlight that um, if you are taking these investment decisions using your net pay, just be wary of what that means um, in terms of how accessible that money is to you at a later date. So don't panic, but uh, you know, look, <laughs> look into these, uh, these tax-free allowances. And yeah. finally, Carla, can you give me some you know, very practical tips for anyone who wants to you know, understand their, their taxes better? Yeah, absolutely. So I think given um, a lot of people will be quite anxious about how they're going to make ends meet at the minute, the couple of places I might start if I was going to try and understand a little bit more about tax and also try and help my personal situation would be one, check what council tax band you are in. The government has announced that from April, those people living in properties that are in council tax bands A through D will be eligible for a £150 rebate on their council tax payments as long as you're paying your council tax by direct debit. So you can go, first thing to do is go online. There is a government, if you Google, check my council tax band, you will find a government website where you can put your address in and it will tell you which council tax band you're in. Really easy to use. That's the first thing. If you see you're in the bands A through D, then the next thing to check is, am I paying council tax through direct debit? If you are, you should be getting a council tax rebate of £150 into your bank account. If you're not already paying on direct debit, you still have time to set one up in order to make sure you get that rebate. So that would be one, one action to take. Um, and you'll also then also obviously be able to see how much council tax you'll actually be paying throughout the year. The other thing I would always recommend people to do if they're interested in learning more about how much tax they're paying and how their tax is being used is to check their national insurance record. So we've talked already about national insurance contributions going up in April, um, but it is again possible to go online. If you Google, check my state pension forecast, you can look at how much national insurance contributions you've already made, and it will tell you an estimate of how much state pension you've got, you're gonna get. Now, people may not know this, but uh, you need a minimum of 10 years in order to be eligible to get a state pension. So you have to have 10 years of national insurance contributions before you're eligible for the state pension. And if you wanna get the maximum state pension, you need to have built up 35 years of national insurance contributions. So doing this check in will, first of all, give you an understanding of how much you've already paid and what your eligibility is. But the second thing we'll also do is it will give you some reassurance about how you're building up your eligibility for that state pension. The last thing I'll mention on that is if you have any gaps in your national insurance record, if for example, you're like me and you've spent some time living or studying abroad, you can actually go back and top up missing years so you can build up that full history if you need it at a later date. And then I think the last thing I'll mention here in terms of practical tips, um, again, something for people to watch out for. If you're in employment, my recommendation is make sure you're reading your payslip. Yeah. One of the most common issues 
that people face in terms of not paying the right amount of tax, either because they've underpaid or they've overpaid, is because they're not on the right tax code. Now, for people wondering what your tax code is, if you look at your pay slip, this will often be printed alongside your name or some other identifying label that your employer has given to you on your pay slip. You can go online and input your tax code into the government website and it will tell you what your tax code means. Now for this year, the most common tax code that most people will be on is 1257L. So the tax codes are a series of numbers followed by a letter. If you aren't on that tax code, you may be overpaying or underpaying tax. Now, you might be thinking, okay, I've checked it. I'm not on that code. What do I do next? This is quite an important point because again, a lot of people don't often know this. Your employer cannot change that for you. So although your employer manages the payment of tax for you, they cannot change your tax code. So that's your personal responsibility. And that's where, as you mentioned, Emily, one of the benefits we have of living in the UK with a tax um, office like HMRC is we can pick up the phone to them and talk to them. And that's what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to call HMRC, <laughs> speak to them about your situation and ask them to change your tax code. Um, and after that, well, if for some people, they may find that actually they're due a tax refund, which um, I'm sure uh, nobody would be turning their nose up right now, um, given the situation we're all in at the moment. So definitely worth checking your payslip and make sure you're on that right tax code. Carla, thank you so much. These tips are super useful. So, you know, cancel tax ban, check your national insurance record and finally... Yeah, read your payslip and understand your, your taxes. I just want to add, um, you know, if, if you have children, for example, and if you want to make sure, you know, you're keeping up with your state pension, you can claim um, child benefit. Uh, so again, like we'll add the link in the, in the show notes, but it doesn't take a lot of time. Um, and then you can, you know, receive a national insurance credit to protect your, your state pension. Absolutely. Carla, any, any final tip? I just say thank you so much for raising the issue of tax on your podcast. Yeah. I think it's um, unfortunately an area of personal finance that people are a bit scared of. They maybe overlook it because they're not sure how to manage it. Um, so it's great to have this opportunity to come and talk a little bit about it. So thanks very much, Emily. Thank you so much, Carla. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Every other week, I answer your questions about money on the show. To get involved, send your questions and comments via hotline to podcast at vespot.com. If you send us a voice note, you may even get to hear your voice on the next hotline episode. Be sure to share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet with founder of Hanks, Farah Kabir. Also remember that money is power. As the conflict is escalating in Ukraine, putting millions of children and their families in immediate danger, we've been donating to UNICEF. Please think about learning about the conflict, educating yourself, or donating money if you can.